podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, Alex Marvez, thank you very much. And I'm here, of course, with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Thank you very much for all the messages that you've been sending our way tonight. We have a big announcement at Fighter Fest. The women's world champion, Carl Sheeta, will defend against Penelope Ford. Now, it's a fact that Penelope Ford has been red hot. She scored a big pinfall last week. It's a fact she has leapfrogged over many competitors to get this, this title shot. Is that what you just waddled down here to tell me? The facts? The facts are my leg is broken. The facts are I'm a conspiracy victim. The facts are you are now in a lot of shit. And TNT is going to be furious because you just lost an interview with the face of the women's division. And we, we are on a friendship timeout, Tody, so I cannot help you. This is done. I was just giving the... Reba, no, no. Reba, get me out of here. The doctor will see you now. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. It's episode 37 of TNT's Dynamite, and uh, I don't know, Nick, this show it was kind of just there for me. I, I didn't think there was anything tremendous on this show, but maybe... You maybe could have missed it and really not. Yeah. Uh, I thought the main event was fun. But there wasn't a a ton on here. And there was a... I mean, we'll get to Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker was sort of like the low-key highlight of the show for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, But the show opens immediately with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending the AEW tag titles against the Natural Nightmares. And uh, there was a lot of back and forth early on. And I don't know if this was on purpose. It's hard to tell because it's Kenny Omega. And he's sort of a genius when it comes to this. But I didn't think he was looking too crisp early on in this match. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was hitting his stuff, but it didn't look super slick like normal. It looked a little clunky in, in places, which seemed really weird. So either he was having a bad day or he was doing this on purpose uh, for perhaps reasons unknown. But uh, the Nightmares managed to work over Omega and... Uh, Kenny eventually kind of gets out of that, makes the hot tag to Paige. 
Kenny gets back in, hits the you can't escape combination on QT Marshall. QT hits this great handspring Gamangiri for a double down. Uh, he gets the hot tag to Dustin. He runs wild on everybody. Then QT even runs wild for a minute. There is a Canadian destroyer by Dustin Rhodes onto Kenny Omega, which is a <laughs> sentence I did not think I would be saying. And uh, QT Marshall hits uh, Hangman Page with a diamond cutter. And then Allie comes out to cheer on QT Marshall. Uh, and QT wants to show off for her. So he goes to do this uh, this fancy moonsault, but he misses. Uh, a combo from the champions on QT is not quite enough to pin him. So they hit him with, what are they calling it? The last call. It's the drunken trigger, Nick. They hit him right. with the drunken trigger to get the win and retain the title. So Allie, of course, uh, cost them the championship here, presumably. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. they would have maybe lost anyway, but perhaps not. What did you think of the opener? I, I was going to say, I actually wrote it in my notes originally as drunken trigger. And then as they called it the last call, I was like, oh, I mean, last call. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's the drunken trigger. Damn it. If you listen to this show, that's what it is. Yeah. And on this uh, podcast, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, I liked it. Uh, it was a good match. I'll agree with you with uh, Kenny not quite looking on for this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to remember, what did Hangman had another great uh, little thing in his uh, you, on his uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. You don't have to wear a hat to be a cowboy, I think it said. There it is. Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. I thought I'd written that down. I did. Also, how about Britt Baker um, sending notes to Tony Schiavone all throughout this match? Via uh, a wire. Yes. <laughs> she has like a little... So, Britt Baker in her Rolls Royce, uh, quote unquote, is parked over by the announcer's desk and she literally has a like a pulley system that she will attach a note to Tony Schiavone and use this pulley system to wheel it up to him and he will then grab it and then read the notes on the air uh and they were mostly just insults about Schiavone uh yeah, I think at one point she's like um just so everyone knows Bert Baker she says I am a role model something to that effect yes she doesn't like my green tie <laughs> it's pretty great. I also noticed that um, while they were wrestling, the back patch off of Dustin's wrestling outfit started to come off. Oh, yes. It was so distracting to me. I was like, it's just flapping around. Was this done literally before the match or something? It was really weird how much of it came off. Yes. <laughs> uh, but overall, a solid effort by both teams. I gave it a 2.75. Yeah, I thought the same exact thing. Uh, this was... This was close to what I would say would be good. It, it didn't quite reach that level. Uh, mm-hmm. Kenny didn't look as sharp as normal. This wasn't as hot as the tag title defenses they've normally had. Everybody looked okay in the match for sure, but, uh, you know, not the not quite to the level that we've come to expect from Kenny and Hangman. I went with two and three quarters as well. And uh, Grapple, we're a little more charitable going 3.04 out of five. Okay. Uh, after that, we got a profile video for the recently signed Anna J, and uh, then we got swerved. It was Anna J versus the returning Abaddon, which is like the the kind of like the horror movie character. We we saw her on. Uh, I don't know if you saw her, Nick, but she was on one episode of uh, Dark. Uh, I believe when they were in. 
I think in Utah, perhaps, mm-hmm. is where we saw her. And she really stood out as unique. And uh, she came out here and just squashed Anna Jay and hit her with this step-up snap Hurricane Rana for the win. I went one and a half stars. Uh, Nick, anything to add? I, I will say the same thing. I got swerved on this one, too, but it was a good swerve because my thought was, Abaddon, this person looks way more interesting. Why are yeah. they the one that's jobbing out to Anna J yeah. and completely swerved? Um, gave it one and a half. Uh, Britt Baker made a great quip in this one saying, this broad needs to find Jesus. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was. Uh, that was pretty good. Grapple went 1.29. Understandable. Mm-hmm. And uh, post-match, we got some Dark Order shit. And weirdly enough, they didn't go towards Abaddon. Uh, they helped Anna Jay back to her feet and helped her to the back. And also, they delivered a uh, a contract to Colt Cabana, who was at ringside. And later on, we would find out what that contract was all about. Uh, the next match on the card, MJF versus Billy Gunn, although apparently they can't call him Billy Gunn due to copyright reasons. He is Billy with Austin and Colton Gunn. <laughs> apparently he has a third, a, a second child and who is maybe a wrestler, but maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, but he was here. Uh, it's all Billy Gunn early on. MJF wants to run off, but Billy follows him, brings him back into the ring uh, pretty typical stuff here. Nothing really fancy. Uh, Billy Gunn goes for the fame master, but MJF avoids uh, it, gives him a chop block, works over the leg during a commercial break. When they get back from the break, Billy starts a comeback, but cut off at the leg again. Uh, Billy eventually hits MJF with the fame master, but can't capitalize on it due to the leg. Wardlow comes out beats the shit out of Austin Gunn, tosses MJF the dynamite diamond ring, and MJF punches Billy Gunn out and pins him uh, to get the win. Uh, What did you think? To me, I maybe felt like Billy Gunn got a little bit too much offense in this one for my liking. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't... It wasn't one that I was too crazy into. I mean, there was definitely great moments in it where I felt like MJF shows off his his nice healiness. He's a great chicken shit heel, but he's a great straight up heel too. Yep. Um, to to me, I gave it one and three quarters. It just wasn't my favorite thing on the card. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was competent enough. It did what it needed to do, but uh, nothing that blew my socks off. I went two stars. And uh, Grapple went 1.95. We're kind of all in the same boat this week. We are. I'm digging it. For uh, for now, anyway. We'll see how it goes. Uh, afterwards, MJF and Jungle Boy, they uh, exchange some words. This feud is not done yet. And uh, they get into a wild brawl with Luchasaurus and Wardlow. And uh, we'd learn more about that later as well. So that, that feud is continuing for the time being. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara are backstage. They mock beating up Orange Cassidy, say that they will be number one contenders and make several orange jokes and then laugh at their own jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty standard heel fare, but, you know, good stuff. Blood is thicker than orange juice. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Tony <laughs> Schiavone is with Britt Baker. 
Tony oh, Schiavone yeah. is with Britt Baker, but only to announce that Penelope Ford and Hikaru Shida are meeting for the AEW Women's Championship at Fighter Fest. Britt is pissed off that he came all the way over here to say just that. He's in a lot of shit, and their friendship is on a timeout. <clears throat> God damn, this was great. Oh, and then she tells Reba to drive her off, but then we find out that Reba is not driving the Rolls Royce. It is Big Swole, and Big Swole yes. kidnaps her. With her best uh, Undertaker impression, where to, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I forgot about the the Undertaker. Ref- that was to Shane McMahon, right? Or uh, some- Stephanie. Stephanie, that's right. <laughs> I think he did it to Teddy Long once. Where too. to, Stephanie? <laughs> uh, so up next, uh, Cody comes out with Arn Anderson, and uh, introduce the uh, Arn Anderson introduces a video. Uh, showing us who Cody's next challenger for the TNT Championship was. I erroneous, uh, erroneous, erroneously, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, <laughs> suggested last week that it would be Cody and Jake Hager. Apparently, I missed the part where they said that that's going to be for Fighter Fest. So uh, it was not for this week's show. And uh, they go to a video of former NWA television champion Ricky Starks, who I thought cut a hell of a promo before mm-hmm. this match and had a lot of presence to him and uh he came out here to challenge for the championship and uh a lot of back and forth uh trading seeing cody eventually gain control after a suicide dive uh starks at one point sidesteps cody who's charging at him sending him into the ropes uncomfortably into the ropes Mm -hmm. Uh, cody eventually makes a comeback uh we get to see hager watching in the back studying for his fighter fest match uh Starks cuts him off uh, up top. He hits a superplex uh, for a near fall. Uh, they uh, they end up in a in a strike exchange, which Cody eventually gets the better of. Spikes him with the crossroads for the win. I thought this was also uh, a pretty good match as well. Uh, what did you think of Cody and Ricky Starks? This was my first time seeing Ricky Starks, so I didn't have any prior... Um... Mm-hmm. prior history with him but i agree with you he had a good promo and the match was hard hitting very physical very back and forth um it was a great title defense for cody definitely something you should be proud of um i gave this one three stars and i just thought it was a solid match really good mm-hmm. uh i came i came close as well i went two and three quarters but i thought ricky starks looked impressive here and uh, I, I'd like to see more. Well, I mean, we're going to see more. Uh, I should note that um, after the show, both Abaddon and Ricky Starks were uh, listed as AEW as being signed. So yes. uh, both of those talents are, are signed to AEW as well. Um, but yeah, I like the match, and they're clearly doing this story with Cody where... You know, it's the Okada story of how how long can he keep this up for uh, mm. before he gets worn down. And uh, yeah, another good match, two and three quarters, and uh, from me. And Grapple went three point oh four. So there mm. is that. Up next, the uh, apparently they're just calling them the Super Bad Squad, but I liked it better when they were the Super Bad Death Squad. But the super bad squad, uh, Sabian and Havoc against the Young Bucks. So Havoc goes right after Matt's ribs. Uh, the Bucks use some double teams to gain the advantage. 
The match sort of restarts at that point. Butcher and Blade are yapping at them from ringside, so they're still not done arguing. And uh, they climb over the guardrail, actually, to distract the ref. Some dastardly deeds from the heels give them the uh, control of the match through a break. After the break, FTR come out to sort of even the odds. Again, they aren't friends with the Young Bucks, but the idea here is that they don't want the Young Bucks to be injured. They want them to be at their best for when FTR beats them. So there is that. Uh, a Hurricane Rana attempt from Kip Sabian off of the top is blocked, and Matt hits him with an avalanche uh, Liger bomb. Hot tag to Nick, who goes crazy, of course. There's another distraction, and Jimmy Havoc hits Sing the Sorrow on, I think, Nick, and Matt breaks up the pin. Kip Sabian is bleeding from somewhere. I have no idea where he's bleeding from, but quite a bit he's bleeding. Uh, some double teams from uh, the Young Bucks again. And then we get a third distraction and another near fall for the Super Bad Squad. And that means another comeback from the Young Bucks. And they essentially hit the golden trigger on Kip Sabian for the win. It was like a golden trigger, but uh, one buck was on either side of Kip Sabian instead of both being in front. Um, and I believe on Twitter, Nick Jackson said it's the BTE trigger. So, uh, they, so the BTE trigger on Kip Sabian for the win. Uh, what did you, before we talk about the post, what did you think of the match? I was kind of disappointed. Um, I think all of the interference with the butcher and the blade kind of brought me down on this one. Mm -hmm. I think I like my young bucks matches with little interference in them. Just let them go out and be athletic. And I was kind of thinking with Kip and uh, Jimmy, they're going to have a pretty solid match. Yep. But I felt like the momentum just kept getting killed by all the outside activity going on. I mean, there was great stuff in here, but especially with it looking like the super bad squad came close on many occasions to being the young bucks. I thought that was a, you know, really important storytelling device there, but God, I just kept getting distracted and taken out of it. Um, mm -hmm. I, on, I only gave this one 2.75. I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Uh, the same same thing here. I had the same complaints. Uh, I thought there was too much going on, too much interference, uh, like three distractions in this match. Uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was a bit too much. I also went two and three quarters, and Grapple went 2.94. So not quite three, mm -hmm. but it got close. Uh, Post-match FTR and the Bucks fight off Butcher and the Blade, and both teams hit spike pile drivers at the same time. So, yeah, there is a... They're continuing to... They're, now they're sort of playing up the, the whole FTR says that they're very different from the Young Bucks, but maybe they have more alike than either team would like to admit. So... Mm they're continuing to add layers uh, to that match. Uh, Brian Cage is with Taz, and they're at a bridge somewhere, and Brian Cage is just in his fucking gear, which is hilarious. Uh, and uh, essentially putting each other over for Fighter Fest, and uh, Cage can't wait. He doesn't know what he's more excited for, to take off Mox's head, drop him on his head, or to take his championship and Taz is just like why not do all of those things uh, and he's also pissed that Moxley is stealing his promos 
uh, <laughs> calling himself a, the, a miserable son of a bitch. Like Taz was the original miserable son of a bitch. And then we cut to this Moxley promo that I thought was great, or at least like 95% of it I thought was awesome. And I like the lines where he's like, hey, I'm in this business because I have demons, bad ones. And this is the only thing that keeps them at bay, uh, which is funny. The only thing that keeps his demons at bay is brutally beating up other humans. Uh, <laughs> that's a terrifying thought. But I thought I thought this was a, a great promo. And I, they continue to to do a, uh, an admirable job of building to this. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, oh, matches announced for next week. So uh, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. The contract that was handed to Colt was apparently signed by him as it will be uh, the team that I have now jubbed, uh, dubbed Joey Kiss versus <laughs> Brody Lee and Colt Cabana. What a team, what a tag team match that is. Like, oh, yeah, that's going to be sweet. Would not have expected the, these teams to exist, but they are here. <laughs> Luchasaurus versus Wardlow in a handicap match. The Natural Nightmares versus FTR. And then we finally catch up with Reba, who finds Britt Baker, apparently using her, like, <laughs> iPhone tracker or something. Yeah. And finds her in a dumpster, which is where uh, Big Swole has left her. And Reba's like, I, I was in the bathroom. And Britt's like, you're, you're my assistant 24-7. No bathroom breaks. I don't know how <laughs> she expects Reba to ever go to the bathroom, but... Uh, and then she like told her she was fired and she's like, I'm, I'm free. I'm free. She's like, she walks off and she's like, no, 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 no. Come back. You're rehired. <laughs> she's like, why are, why are all the Brits? Like, why are all of these lights and camera crew here? And she's like, oh, I wanted everybody to see you getting rescued. Oh, I'm a damsel in distress now. Uh, <laughs> she was great. And then she cuts a promo on big swole sitting in the dumpster with her makeup all ruined and like a fucking banana peel in her hair. <laughs> she cuts this promo on big swole. Britt Baker is the best. Oh yeah. She's awesome. She is fire right now. As the kids say, as the kids say, <laughs> yes. Uh, main event, best friends versus Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, the sex gods with best friends, number one tag team title contendership on the line. Uh, the baby faces are starting off aggressively here because these men have beat up their friend, Orange Cassidy, uh, but they get cut off. Jericho goes for the lion salt, but misses. Trent gets in with Sammy Guevara, just ki lights him up, kills him with chops and with a backdrop driver. Uh, Excalibur saying that the, the spirit of Dr. Death Steve Williams inhabited the body of Trent for that backdrop driver. Uh, Jericho hits him with a bat to the ribs, though, uh, and that gives them control of the match through a break. Trent manages to create some space, gets the hot tag to Chucky e. T. Uh, they wipe out everybody. They go for the hug, but it is broken up by Jericho. Uh, Trent goes for his big DDT on Jericho, but he stops him, puts him in the walls. Uh, Sammy gets into the ring, gets uh, cut off uh, by uh, best friends, and they hit him with an assisted superplex. Uh, there's a distraction on the floor again, and another baseball bat to the ribs of Trent. A shooting star press from Sammy Guevara only gets a two. He goes for the GTH, but it is countered. Sammy gets uh, tripped up, essentially, by a cameraman who is walking by at ringside, and this allows Trent to hit him with the crunchy for the win. 
And uh, before we talk about the uh, the end of the show, uh, what did you think of the the main event match? I was so worried that this was a setup just to get Paige and Kenny against the Sex Gods, which admittedly yes. will be an awesome tag team match. I'm all down for seeing that. Yeah. That should be booked in the future. But I also think best friends really deserve this shot, and it kind of would make them look like scrubs to lose here. Yep. I'm glad that they won, and I um, like this match quite a bit. Um I think at one point, I forget what caused it. I wrote down that I think it was Sammy getting dicked on the top rope or something. Yep. But at one point, he's frustrated. He goes, I'm a Spanish guy. Yes. Oh, in pain. <laughs> yes. Poor Sammy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then you, you also got to see the frustration. I think it was Chuck who almost uses a chair on Jericho because mm-hmm. he's so frustrated with what happened to Orange Cassidy. Like It was some good character stuff for the tag team. Yep. And to see them get the win and outsmart um like sex gods i gave it three stars i liked it uh <laughs> it's a line at one point in this match from jim ross who's like i think trent's the alpha of this team which <laughs> what a fucking weird thing to say but afterwards on twitter chuck taylor was like we won but i didn't get the pin because i'm the beta male of the team <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. Chuck Taylor's the best. Uh, But yeah, I really like this. Uh, It was bizarre to see Chuck Taylor interacting with Chris Jericho. Uh, Like, I'm just just remembering fucking Invisible Grenade, Chuck Taylor, like... I'm remembering, like, long-haired Chuck Taylor and, like, skinny long-haired Ricochet, like... At, like Ted Petty invitationals oh, yeah. and stuff. And he's in there with Chris Jericho in the year 2020 on, on cable television is just bizarre to me, but it was in a, in a great way. And I thought this match was very good as well. And I thought this was the best match on the show for me. Uh, this was my favorite. I, I liked both teams. I thought they interacted well. Uh, and uh, I was happy that best friends won. They, AEW is not afraid to give you a winner and a loser. Uh, they booked this match, and there is a team that is going to win and a team that is going to lose, and they had no problem putting best friends over a team with Chris Jericho on it. This is why I love AEW. And it makes sense. Everything everything worked. Uh, I gave this three stars as well, and Grapple gave this 2.93. So all on the same page pretty much I think this week between you, me, and Grapple and after the match we learned out that the cameraman that Sammy Guevara tripped up on was in fact Orange Cassidy dressed up as a cameraman and Orange Cassidy kicks Chris Jericho's ass he is not being (laughs) sloth he's not being sloth like he is uh, he is not laconic he is in fact full of energy and uh, he's just slugging away at Jericho, hits this ridiculous Superman punch, and it sends floors Jericho and sends him to the outside. And as the show goes off of the air, Jericho is on the floor holding his jaw, looking stunned. And Tony Schiavone says that Tony Khan just went in his headset and told him that at Fighter Fest, they're signing Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Holy crap, what a way to end that show. Hell yes. What do you think of that Orange Cassidy Jericho match? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, that's 
that's some dream match shit right there. And I didn't even know it was going to be one to me. But, what is this world? Um, it just yeah. goes to, dude, it just goes to show how well AEW has been doing at like building stars and mm-hmm. making interesting matchups, like with a bunch of people that yes. essentially were no names before this, like yes. they're doing a hell of a job. Like and we both said that this episode didn't offer a whole lot, but it still offered quite a bit to like build up uh, future matches. And I think everyone's going to be excited for Firefest That's been paying attention. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so, I would say I would say a good show, but nothing nothing that blew me away. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what is what we're gonna get for our main event next week. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, I'm just gonna pick. Well, maybe we'll just go with Sammy and Matt. By the way, Matt Hardy was on commentary for this main event, and he said that Sammy Guevara could pick which entity of Matt Hardy he faces. Uh, <laughs> next week and Jim Ross is like which one are you anyway and he's like I am unkillable Matt Hardy <laughs> something <laughs> along those lines I think he's like you're the one I, he's like this is the one you signed JR <laughs> and he's like oh yeah I remember that um, but yeah I'm gonna go with I think Sammy and Matt I think is probably our best bet to be the headliner uh, until unless they announce a, a Cody uh, title match which I don't think they did did they for next week uh, I don't think they did. Not to my knowledge. No. Okay. So that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, well, everybody, that's the podcast for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Sammy Guevara versus one version or another of Broken Matt Hardy.